Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in. We know you're busy uh, as you prepare for this weekend at your church, and we're just honored that you would take some time out today uh, to listen in and hopefully be encouraged and built up. We've got a great conversation lined up. Uh, we got a returning guest, Tim Cool from Cool Solutions Group is with us today, and I'm excited uh, to hear what Tim has to say about and probably challenge some of us today as we're, uh, as we're leading at our church. Tim, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks, Rich. It's great to be back. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Cool Solutions? Okay. Yeah. Uh, short story is uh, Tim Cool is the father of 18-year-old triplets that are in their last semester of high school. And uh, and so if everyone could buy some of my books or, or hire our firm, <laughs> uh, I could help pay for college this year. Um, so that's, that, that's, that's the home Gosh. life. Oh, and uh, my background is uh, helping churches plan and design and build their, their buildings and, uh, and then also uh, have stepped into the realm of helping them take care of their buildings. So that's, that's pretty much what Cool Solutions does. That's amazing. Three you know, triplets, that's amazing, you know, all going into college. Now, have they, have they sorted out where they're going or they're still in the throes of that, trying to figure that out? Well, they, they all three want to go to Appalachian State up in Boone, North Carolina. Oh, and uh, one of them has been accepted. The other two have been waitlisted. Okay. Uh, the one that was accepted spent a little more time on her grades than the other two. Uh, okay, nice, cool. Well, that, that sounds like you'll be sending a significant part of your, uh, you know, income to Appalachian. So <laughs> that's great. Great. Well, exactly. why don't we talk about, um, you know, church facilities? Obviously, I think when people think of, um, you know, I think of your company or just of, of thinking about building a new facility, we spend a lot of time, effort and energy. We t take a lot of time to raise the money and pray about it, sweat through the details, figure out what color to paint the walls. Um, and man, things look amazing on opening day. Is it even possible to keep your facilities at kind of opening day, um, you know, readiness for years? Or is that just a dream we should let go of? Yeah, that's a great question. The The reality is, is you'll never keep them as nice as you had them on opening day. I mean, think about if you moved into a brand new house, you know, yeah, it looks great. And you can keep painting the walls every so often and you can make it look fresh and new, but it'll never look brand new. Right. That really shouldn't be the goal. The, the goal, though, is is trying to be a steward of what God's entrusted to you. So I'm a firm believer that everything on earth belongs to God. Mm -hmm. Even the guitars over your, your right shoulder belong <laughs> to God. Yes. And, um, and if we believe that, then, then we have been asked to be stewards of what God has entrusted to us. Mm. And so too often we think of stewardship in terms of a stewardship campaign. We're going to raise money. But if you go through the New Testament, stewardship and the word entrusted is used 55 times mm. talking about things that God has entrusted to us. Sometimes it was physical things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was the word of God itself. Sometimes it's people have been entrusted to us. Mm. So the question is, is what are we doing to steward what God has given to us? And the facilities are just a piece of that. So the bigger question is, what are we doing to provide facility stewardship Mm. for our buildings absolutely and facility stewardship isn't just how do we take care of it mm -hmm. it's thinking about it before we ever get into it to make sure that we are going to take care of it okay yeah 
So there, there's a couple of these, something that stuck out to me when you, you said that there, you know, obviously on the front end, when we're designing our spaces, we want to be thinking through, okay, how are we going to care for this long-term, right? How are we going to steward this long-term? What, what are some of the things churches should be thinking about on, on that front? Yeah. Your utility costs are going to be with you forever. Right. You know, and I've never met a utility company that lowers their rates. <laughs> That's true. And, and so the reality is, is if you go with a building that has less energy efficiency, mm-hmm. you're going to pay for it long term. There's going to be perpetual care that is always going to impact your ministry budget. Mm. Then think about, you know, yeah, isn't it really cool to have that 40 foot chandelier in the lobby space? But the question is, is how am I going to change those light bulbs, you know, at certain times? Mm-hmm. Um, how am I going to change the light bulbs in my worship space? When I've got theater seats mm-hmm. on a sloped floor and I've got 30 feet to the bottom of the light fixture. Yes. How am I going to do that? So thinking through those type of things before the first light bulb burns out is critical. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's funny. I was just in a church this week built in the 60s and uh, it's a beautiful facility. You know, it's kind of right at the end of when it seemed like churches were building things that just in and of themselves looked beautiful as opposed mm-hmm. to more utilitarian, right? So it has that kind of some beautiful stained glass and it's a fantastic space. But we were standing in the space looking up and um, and the guy I was with, he said, how do you change those light bulbs up there? And he said, you know, it's funny. This was a guy who's like the leader from the church, one of the elders. He said, you know, we've been talking for years. We're not really sure how to change those light bulbs. And so they've just been just slowly going out and they've been they've tried all different kinds of things. Uh, you know, the floor is not you can't get a, a lift in all these different things. And, and then there's a whole set of lights that he said, we're just letting those burn out. We're never going to once they're done. We're not we're not even worried about those ones. So that that uh, that it's amazing that that happens. But it, it really does. Yeah, I, I've got a client that I worked with in Texas that um, when I went to their building to, to evaluate it, mm-hmm. they had 18 different kind of light bulbs. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And some of them were really cool light bulbs that the architect and engineer had spec that were like $25 each to replace. <laughs> and then on top of that, you couldn't get them anymore. Right. Which means not only do you have to go find a different light bulb, you have to find a different light fixture because a regular light bulb won't fit in it. Now oh, all of a sudden you've got significant costs. Oh, wow. So now what are some on the kind of energy efficient front, when when a church is designing a space, what are some kind of common mistakes or things that you're seeing? Um, you know, light bulbs obviously is, is one of them. You can see that, you know, you take however many light bulbs you have and it adds up quickly. Um, what, are, what are some other areas that, that people are making, you know, mistakes on the front end? When you look at the, um, your operational cost of a building, mm-hmm. HVAC will be the number one driver of your utility bill. Hmm. It will make up anywhere from 50 to 75% of your utility bill. Wow. So anything you can do to help with that is a critical thing. Number one, make sure the building's properly insulated. Mm-hmm. Don't skimp on insulation and making it you know, weather tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, don't skimp on uh, the control system for your HVAC. Mm. The last thing you want is a air conditioning unit running 24 hours a day. Right. Just because someone forgot to flip a switch, you know, mm. that, that's that's worthless. Um, other things that, that you would want to look at is um, how can you control your lighting? Lighting's your second biggest item. Mm. So in rooms that maybe have occasional use, like restrooms, put in occupancy sensors. Mm-hmm. Um, now, kind of funny note is, you know, the occupancy sensors work great in restrooms, because that's a room that doesn't have windows generally. 
Right. And so, you know, when you're driving by at nine o'clock at night, you don't know if the restroom lights are on. Mm -hmm. And what's generally tied to a restroom light is also the fan. Mm -hmm. So you burn the light and the fan all at the same time. Well, I heard of one church that had put their occupancy sensor by the door, which mm -hmm. is great when you walk in. Mm -hmm. But when grandma goes to the back stall oh, oh, no. and spends more than appropriate amount of time back there, that light goes off. Right. Then what does granny do to get out of that stall? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And so you, you need to make sure that you're thinking through those kind of logistics that mm -hmm. you get a good coverage over a full area because, you know, you know, you and I, if we decide to go in there and read Sports Illustrated for 30 minutes just to get away from the rest of the staff, <laughs> we don't want the lights going out on us. <laughs> so true. Oh, gosh, that's uh, that's a little too close to home. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's great. Now, what about, are there rules kind of tacking a little bit? Um, when you think about the cost of a facility or like square footage, so I'm a total newbie on this stuff. How how do I go about calculating, you know, what how, how often should I be replacing windows and doors? Is there like a number I should be thinking about square footage or cost of the space? How does that work? How should I be planning for that, you know, looking into the future? Yeah, great question. Generally speaking, you need to be budgeting between four fifty and seven dollars per square foot for operational costs. Okay, that's an annual cost. Yep. So if I've got a hundred thousand square feet, I should be budgeting somewhere between four hundred and fifty and seven hundred thousand dollars a year for operational costs. Okay. What that would include is utilities, your janitorial, including seasonal cleaning, like doing the windows once or twice a year and carpet, so on, mm -hmm. and then your general maintenance. Mm -hmm. You're doing your air conditioning filters, replacing light bulbs, all the stuff that you would do on a normal basis. Mm -hmm. So four fifty to seven dollars a square foot is, is is a good number. That also includes your capital reserve money, which is the other big thing that churches just forget to do. Mm. Um, and we generally recommend about a dollar a square foot of that four fifty to seven dollars for capital reserves. Okay. And that capital reserves isn't your slush fund. It isn't your buy a new guitar fund. It isn't the pastor's <laughs> going to, you know, the Bahamas fund. Right. Um, it is money you are going to spend. I can assure you that every air conditioning unit in your building will be replaced at some point in time. Right. So you can't look at the capital reserves as just a savings account. It's just money you are going to spend in the future. So you're being prudent to set it aside now. Right. Wow. Think, think, think of it in this term. I did a... Um, a report for Church Executive Magazine a few years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, they were challenging one of my blogs on the, the cost of owning a building. Mm -hmm. And so they said, well, can you prove that? And I said, yeah, I can prove that. Um, <laughs> that didn't, wasn't meant to sound arrogant. Um, <laughs> but we looked at the life cycle of a 40-year building. Right. And if you take, let's say, a 30,000-square-foot building, mm -hmm. and you, you build it new at 150 bucks a square foot or something, you know, that's $4.5 million mm -hmm. to build it. Yep. Let's say that you're going to borrow $3 million of that 4.5, and you put it on a 6% loan, but you're going to pay it off in seven years. Mm -hmm. During that first seven years, you're going to spend $1.1 million in interest. So that's your right. cost of money. Right. If you take the 450 to $7 a square foot and just assume it's, I don't know, six six fifty a square foot. Mm -hmm. That's $195,000 a year. If you assume a 1% inflation per year, non-compounding, wow. over 40 years, you're going to spend close to $15 million in hmm. operational costs. Hmm. Wow. And so over 40 years, only 20% of the cost of the building is sticks and bricks. Right. 70% is the cost of operations. 
Well, I don't want people to miss that. That that is an incredible point. You know, I think sometimes we a lot of times I've seen churches they eke out their existence to get into the space and they starve at literally everything. They ratchet every, you know, financial thing they can do. They push, you know, the very end and then what happens and and in fact there was a church we were quite closely involved with um, helping them kind of rebirth where, you know, they, they kind of ended up in a bit of a downturn and they delayed any maintenance on their facility for probably 20 years. Um, yeah. and it, in the end, it really, it showed, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was close between, you know, do you just push it over and start over again? Um, uh, because there's so much that they, you know, had, had, had missed. Um, that's, uh, that's incredible. I really, uh, you know, really appreciate that. Now, yeah, what, what's interesting is, is about the time I put that article out, I got a call from the folks at State Farm Insurance out of Chicago. They uh-huh. actually have a division in Chicago that is made up of architects, engineers, facility managers, lead certified guys that manage all their facilities around the country. Mm-hmm. And the guy that called me was a believer and happened to, to read my article mm-hmm. and um, said they had just gone through the exact same exercise for all of their 40 and 50 year old buildings at State Farm owned. Mm-hmm. They found that 80% of the cost of ownership was in operational cost. Wow. My number was 71%. Right. Then I found a book that was written in the 1960s by an architect that claims that 85% is the cost of operations. Hmm. So I think it's pretty clear that anywhere from 70 to 85% is what you're going to spend in operational costs. And what ends up happening, Rich, is we get our panties in a wad over a dollar a square foot of construction cost yes. or a half a percent fee of the architect's cost. Yep. If we fail to remember, we're going to pay for this thing for generations to come. Mm-hmm. What are we doing about that? Well, and I think that, you know, I think obviously that brings into focus a lot more even, you know, should we be spending more up front to make the building more efficient to, you know, try to reduce those overall costs? You know, I know even if you can assume and you've assumed a fairly aggressive paying down of a loan over seven years, you know, I know I, you know, the couple building projects I've been involved in, I've, I've said like, listen, I don't, I don't want to get us into a debt situation where my kids have to pay this off. Um, and so we've got to, you know, work hard now to pay as much up front. Um, so that, you know, that's a, a, a clear picture. Now, so I, Tim, I want you to uh, imagine that you're, you know, there's that client church that you're talking to. Let's hear, let's say they're, they're listening in and there's, there's that thing you really want to say to them, but because they're, you know, you want to be nice and it's hard to say to them, you know, face to face, but they're listening in now in this whole area, what's the thing or a few things, other things that you'd love to say to them when it comes to, you know, facility care and maintenance. Don't, don't sidestep what you've got to do to keep your building up and definitely don't rob Peter to pay Paul when it comes to your capital reserves. Mm. You're going to spend that money. Um, you know, think of it this way. If one Sunday you woke up and you couldn't use your building because it wasn't functional anymore, what would that do to your ministry? Gosh. Yeah. You know, too many churches I hear them say, well, we can't afford to put X dollars away because it'll rob the ministry or what we're giving to missions. Well, Let's look, put the hat on the other head and say, okay, well, what happens if you couldn't use this building at all? What would that do to your ministry? Mm-hmm. Here's a prime example. I did a project down in uh, the Hilton Head area mm-hmm. uh, several years ago, which is a terrible place to have to work, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> and um, and in this church uh, back in the 90s decided to use a, a less expensive wood window. Mm-hmm. And they did it for budget reasons, which is fine because you know, I've been doing this 30 years, Rich. I've never met a church with an unlimited budget. Right, right, exactly. And so sometimes you make value decisions, which yeah. is which is totally acceptable. Yeah. I came back 10 years later to build another building for them 
And they said, hey, can you come over and look at our windows? They're not quite working right. So we went over and looked at it. And they were, they were kind of shimmying up and doing funky stuff, and they were rotting a little bit. And I said, well, when was the last time you guys painted and caulked these? Huh? <laughs> and so they hadn't done anything to them. Right. You know, buildings as a rule of thumb, according to International Facility Managers Association, deteriorate at a rate of 1% to 4% a year, just natural deterioration. Mm -hmm. You know, wood, paint, all that stuff deteriorates. Right. So we did a real quick regression analysis for that church. And we said, if you'd, if you'd have reinstalled 16 tubes of caulk at about X dollars per hour for a guy to do it, you spend about $400 a year mm -hmm. over 10 years. So you spent four grand. Yep. Instead, they spent $20,000 to replace their windows. Right. So where's the stewardship in that? Right. So, you know, how can a church say, we can't afford to start setting aside money for that future repair? But then when the air conditioning blows up, they're able to raise $50,000 to replace the air conditioning system. Right. Great. Well, is there anything else you'd love to share uh, with us before we wrap up uh, today's episode? You know, I, when I throw out some of these numbers, I, I generally get deer in the headlights. Look, you know, <laughs> how in the world are we going to get the deacons or right. the elders to approve that kind of money? Mm -hmm. Start small, grow into it, mm -hmm. you know, build, build it up as you go. I don't expect churches that have no reserve to start off, you know, from day one with a, a huge reserve account. Mm -hmm. But to have something is better than having nothing. Absolutely. It, it's kind of like my retirement account. You know, I don't have enough to retire on right now, but having a little bit is better than having nothing. Yes, absolutely. Well, Tim, I really appreciate you on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with Cool Solutions, um, how can they do that? And also, you know, you hinted a little bit earlier that this is kind of a newer part or, or a part, a growing part of your business. Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of how you serve churches, particularly with these, you know, these issues? Yeah, the um, if they want to reach us, our website is CoolSolutionsGroup.com. Mm -hmm. And my direct email is tim at coolsolutionsgroup.com. Um, but th this whole sustainability piece is, is just that, that part of the life cycle. You know, we have dreaming where you, you come up with the great ideas, then you plan it and you build it, and we then forget about the sustaining piece. And it's a, it truly is a life cycle, mm -hmm. you know, because then you sustain it, and, and at some point you got to replan it. And, you know, right. So it's, it's this constant life cycle. Unfortunately, most churches stop at build, and then they forget about everything else. Right. So we just felt like it was, again, out of good stewardship, we had to have something that provided that. And if they go to our website on our resource section, we actually have a new manual that we put out called Facility Stewardship, um, uh, Managing What God's Entrusted to You. Nice. It's about a 300-page manual oh my that's got job descriptions, it's got checklists, it's got um, great articles, and just a bunch of good tools for churches to use that if they're just now thinking about how they're going to steward their building, this, this is a great way to jumpstart it. Perfect. Well, I'll provide a link in the show notes as well directly to that so people can jump over to your site and, uh, and pick that up. Tim, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks so much for taking time out. Thank you, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter 
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.